Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Burning Question series by Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, I think I, I've been away for two, three weeks. Uh, it's good to be back with my co-host, Pras. Pras, how are you doing, my friend? I'm very well. I've been holding the fort without you. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, that's why we had some technical issues because I had sort of ruined all the settings that Sonaldo has to host this. <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? Very good. Um, you know, FPL has been... Uh, kind of dry, I would say, uh, but we have four game weeks left uh, with, you know, a couple of doubles here and there. I know a lot of people are sort of tuning out, uh, but we still have opportunity to gain rank. And I think today's episode, uh, we're going to try to dissect how you can make up ground, whether, you know, your goal is to get into the top 100K, top 50K, top 10K, whatever it may be. Um, so that's the objective of today, as well as, you know, looking at game week 35 uh, singularly as well. So um, yeah, how, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I, firstly, I hate the term differentials, right? I mean, we throw it around all season. This guy's a differential. This guy's a differential. Ultimately, whoever you think will get the most points is the guy you go for. And that should be the motto for the whole season, except the end game, where sometimes you can make choices where you think a certain player might get more points, but I might get luckier. And because of the low ownership, if I get luckier, then I will make a lot of gain. And when people think about mini leagues, like, you know, somebody's last game of the season, you're capping Haaland. I need to catch you by 20 points. I'm going to just hope and pray that Haaland is benched and I'm going to captain, you know, let's say Salah or somebody else. So it, it goes against expected points, but you make that decision because you want to catch up somebody. So we've reached that stage, which is why we wanted to keep that theme of this episode. Yeah, it's really, it feels like the closing stretch. I mean, like in any sport, I, for me, FPL is very similar to golf press where, um, you know, the last few holes can be very dramatic and, and things are still in play because, you know, the sample size is smaller, right? We really have opportunity to possibly make a difference in, in you know, one or two individual players. So uh, last season, for example, game week 37, 38 was very difficult for me. Um, so I still think there's, you know, uh, ground to be made up to say the least and um, you know the rank at the end is the one that matters so we'll see we'll see how we end up yeah absolutely absolutely so let's kick off okay so first thing we have is the you know fixture ticker um, there's some doubles in 36 37 I know Newcastle is going to be a heavy topic next week um, and then we've got the you know four doubles in game week 37 as well as 38 to still play for 38 is very interesting because if you work backwards, uh, maybe you do need two transfers by the time you get to 38. Uh, that's something I've been thinking about personally as well. So 
Um, anything that stands out to you in terms of the fixture ticker from 35 to 38? Um, well, I think we'll talk about the template, uh, top 10K template, and then we'll sort of work backwards on how can we beat it is not the right word, but how can we go different with in a lowest risk fashion? And so we, to do that, we first have to look at what is coming up. And basically, obviously, there's the double in 36, which you talked about. It is a very odd double because only two teams double and they also play each other. So that limits the upside a lot because people will have Brighton attackers playing Newcastle defenders. And so the expectations are different to a double like this one, where yes, teams play against each other because the, the volume of the players are, are or the teams that double is so much that you can still pick the best ones here. Even though people will roll out six doublers, I think the expectations have to be slightly muted, especially if, you know, when you know that Brighton is playing Arsenal away and Newcastle away. Those are two tough mm. games. So that's the first thing. 37 will be the last double that we will have. You may see some remaining chips. I think 5% of top 10K, um, you know, some people have got their triple captain. Some some people have held their free hits. Um, so, but 5% is, you know, minimal. So if you have it, there's your gain. If you don't have it, then that's fine. Um, again, an odd double in the sense that the teams that doubled in 34 will be the similar ones that will double in 37. Other ones we will target, which is Brighton, Man City and, and Man United. And then, like you said, I think if you, you can transition to your slide on gimmick 38, that's your final gung-ho week where no, you know, it's like a fling. You can get your two transfers of any players wherever your, your gut takes you because no, there's no future implications. And so we've got four magic beans is basically how I want to put it. Mm. Four magic beans is your four free transfers. And at this stage, a hit doesn't really get you that upside. So if you're taking a hit to take out a good player, it basically means you're taking a high risk and a medium return, which mm. which is not really great in terms of risk return uh, perspective. So I think if you have to think about it, I only want to make four free transfers between now and game week 38. Every transfer, every punt you're making is using up one magic bean. So when we'll come to game week 35 in round three of our discussion, which is topic three, people will talk about, you know, can we take a punt on Man City? If you're taking a punt on Man City, you're using up one magic bean out of the four. That means that one magic bean you cannot use in game week 38. So maybe if you can carry two transfers in game week 38, maybe that's a better punt than a City one. You may disagree. You may say if Haaland is benched, Alvarez starts, I want to use one magic bean on that. Fair enough. But that's what you need to keep in mind. Four more choices in transfers, four more choices in captain, and Haaland will take away maybe two or three of those choices or maybe even all four of them. So that's it. That's all you've got left. Yeah, I mean, I just want to add to that. Uh, the difficulty of that process is that, for example, if you look at the game week 38 in isolation, Liverpool play Southampton, Arsenal have Wolves, we don't have any Arsenal assets. You know, Tottenham plays Leeds. I know it's Tottenham, but you can still get to Kane or Son possibly. Um, you know, United have Fulham. I'm sure we will already have three. Crystal Palace play Nottingham Forest. Maybe you want to Eze, for example. So by the time you get to 38, you're going to want possibly two transfers. I don't think all of all of us will be there with two transfers. We'll probably have one. But it's hard to weigh off that 38 versus, you know, the run-in and, and points to be had from game weeks 35 to 37, for example. So um, I think I think the trade-off is actually quite difficult to calculate, if, if you know what I mean. I do, but but then we sometimes overplay this trade-off as well. That, oh my God, I've got a city starter that is confirmed against Leeds at home and I have to go for it. So I just want to balance that out that you will have that same urge 
because you will get a lot of leaks in game week 38 as well mm-hmm. given where we are right now you will you will know martinelli starting at um, you know you know arsenal's final fixture at home to wolves where they've been really good mm-hmm. you'll get that leak so or you may get that one so you just have to weigh in your head where you want to go because game week 38 we just don't know maybe city have won the the the, the premier league right or it goes down right to the wire and you you know that it's a boring move and you you'll keep all your city players a hull into a cane like there's so many things that open up in game week 38 that you don't know so i think game week 38 we don't even need to discuss right now yeah yeah it, it is just important to know that you may need these magic beans in game week 38 as well you don't have to use them up now that's all i wanted to say nice yeah <clears throat> Okay, I think we can transition into the top 10K most owned players. Um, again, this is from Live FPL. I'm sure all of you guys are aware. Uh, Ragaboli does a fantastic job. Um, you know, surprisingly, we, not surprisingly, but we still have Kepa and Raya as the two most popular keepers. I know a lot of people said, people went for Ederson in Game Week 34. Uh, and then we have the popular Trippier, uh, Trent, Estebanan, Shaw, and Botman. I have all five. And then in the midfield, Rashford, Matoma, Marsh, for good reason. McAllister could be there. You have Salah and then Grealish. Um, and then up top, Holland, Watkins, and Greenwood. So um, very, you know, very common team for most players. I think you probably have, what, nine or ten of these players yourself. Um, everyone. So everyone, exactly. So I get the frustration. I get why people are upset about trying to, you know, make some gains this season and um, and all these players are here for good reason. I mean, the midfield is very difficult to replace, right? They're, they all have doubles in, you know, upcoming doubles in 36, 37, for example. And then we're all, all going to be making the same move in 36 to get to, you know, Isak or possibly Wilson. So it's very frustrating. But what are your, you know, initial thoughts on the in the high EO template team? Well, I mean, I, I guess I just want to also talk about the fact that it's been a frustrating season for many for this very reason. Now, template has been forever since the game existed. So there's nothing new in the template. But this year, even the path has been predetermined. Like, if you wildcarded mm-hmm. in game week 26, which was the most popular wildcard strategy, some did it later. But everybody's path in game week 34 led to a team which includes about 12, 13 of these players. Now, if you have Dunk instead of Estupinian or Steel instead of Estupinian or, or a D- David De Gea instead of a Shaw, they're, they're all similar in my view. So what what I mean is basically the whole thing has been shifting every with together. Yeah. Normally what happens is you have a template in three game weeks is broken because something has happened and injuries happened and everybody goes in different directions and that creates very different paths for everybody. And then if you look in six game weeks after the wild card, you realize, okay, pe- people's teams look very different. But here you keep converging. Everybody sold Haaland. For Watkins, some some got punished if they did Havertz, <laughs> but then everybody got Haaland back for Tony. This is not a complaint. This is not a rant. We are part of the problem. We keep sharing our teams. We keep doing so. I'm not. I'm just saying it's been a frustrating season because the fixtures have panned out in a way where all these moves just made so much plus EV sense that everybody did it, mm. and so we are here. And this is why we wanted to do this episode on. Now, actually, there's a time where you can deviate sensibly, because game week thirty. Six is a double for Newcastle, where a third Newcastle is open. Yeah. I think you nice. could go third Newcastle defender, you could go Isak, you could go Wilson, you could go double Newcastle attack. So we'll talk about all of that. Brighton has always been open because there's about six good choices and you can pick three and you could enjoy variance or, or get unlucky. 
Um, and then gimmick 37 is very interesting because the city three is not confirmed. I mean, a lot of people are not even on a triple up for city. So who you go for, for your third, a lot of people don't have three man United. So I think there are options right now where you can go sensibly different and you don't have to follow the crowd because you may have different rank goals. So that's what we wanted to, um, talk about. And, oh, look at on this topic of, uh, of the teams being similar. I, I want to shout out Ali Izzat, who's uh, in the go. chat. Um, he's a new celebrity in our in five our, game uh, weeks too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, let's go to our discussion. On yeah. on we'll start with goalkeepers. Now that's the most boring place to start. Yeah. Where there's not a lot of upside, but it's an interesting one because, like you mentioned, the top 10k template has Kepa and Raya, and the issue with Kepa and Raya is the trust factor with Chelsea on how they've been looking. So in the original template, people thought this week when Brentford play Liverpool, you can play Kepa who plays Bournemouth. Then you can play Kepa who plays Nottingham Forest at home. Then you can play Kepa for the double in game week 37. And then possibly uh, Newcastle at home. So that was basically the thinking. But suddenly there's lack of trust on Chelsea. And now if if you're on that two combination, I think you are on that. I am. You're sort of debating if... If that is one transfer which you want to use, and yeah. I want to get your thoughts on what you're thinking. Yeah, of. I mean, you laid it up perfectly. It's a, it's such a boring transfer. It's such a, you know, maybe a conservative play at this point in time. I think I got I got away with the Ederson thing last week because it would have been for another minus four, minus twelve for me personally. And I know I spoke to you about it, and and I I deviated away from it in the end. I I do think I got lucky, um, you know, playing Raya. But if you look at this chart, right, you know, Newcastle, we probably tripled up already. Man City, you know, Holland, uh, sorry, not Man City, Liverpool, we've got Salah, Trent, probably not a third. United, we've got triple, triple. Brighton, we've got a triple. Then that leaves Chelsea, Kepa, Brentford, you know, Raya. And so it's sensible. Ederson is a very sensible sort of uh, keeper pick as your second option because anyways, it's very difficult to pick out the right Man City players, so you might as well pick out who you who we thought is the second most safest player in Ederson. It turned out, uh, you know, he didn't start this last game, but you know, there is definitely sense for me to go for him now, right? I, I do think that he will, you know, probably start mo- majority or most of the rest of the games for the rest of the season. So there really isn't much really? option. Pross, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, okay, cool. I think I dropped. Yeah, there really isn't much option in terms of keepers to go for because the doubles do come into play. But when I talk about Chelsea and and Brentford, I have Kepa and Raya. As you mentioned, Kepa is a sensible play against Bournemouth, you would think. But, you know, not not so not so obvious anymore, right? Since Lampard has come in, you know, Chelsea six losses in a row. Uh, their last win was, I think, you know, March 12th against Leicester, which is about two months ago. So basically no wins in the last nine game weeks and had, I believe, zero clean sheets in the last six or nine game weeks. Sorry sorry for my confusion here. So basically they're, they're a mess. And I don't think it's such a Kepa issue. It's just a team motivation issue where what I mean by this is, you know, we use the term a team is on the beach and Chelsea are definitely on the beach. But they're also a high salary team with so many individual players who probably don't give up, you know, F. And when you look at them play against Arsenal and they're attacking, attacking, not attacking, but they're attacking and then coming back to defend the midfield and defense 
defensive line gap is so massive that it's just a motivational thing. They're just not making the extra run to man mark. They're just you know not caring about defending. So it's it's just a you know shit show in, in general. So I'm sort of leaning towards if I had to keep both keepers, possibly keep starting Raya over Liverpool because I do think both teams will sort of score against you know Chelsea as well as Brentford. We talk about Arsenal being such a good team and Arsenal having a great game against Chelsea. Yes, but it was also Chelsea being so bad. And Bournemouth, yes, they're some, somewhat safe from relegation, but I do feel like they're going to be attacking and I do feel feel like they have a good chance of scoring against Chelsea. Bournemouth so. are scoring, man. There's no, I mean, <laughs> the question is, who do you start between the two and is it worth a transfer uh, to move on out. Now, I think in terms of the keepers, we don't need to spend a lot of time on keepers because mm-hmm. I don't think that's the most sensible place to use one of your four. Um, I'm going to use Magic Beans a lot now because that's the theme. Um, so, I think in terms of keepers, if you're on Steel or David De Gea, those are the two best keepers right now mm-hmm. because they have a double in 37 or 36. In Steel's case, obviously 36 and 37. The only problem is that a lot of people either have a Shaw or an Estupinian or a Dunk already or they're tripled up so they can't go there. So if you're on that, that's fine. Other people went Edison. I'm not going to talk about Edison on this pod. Um, I've said enough either on Twitter or before this. Um, I still think he's a decent pick and people got unlucky last, you know, yesterday that he didn't start. So you just live with it now. I think if you're on that combination. So I don't think that's the place you have to go different unless you really feel strongly about Kepa because ultimately you will be playing Kepa in game week 37 when he has that double. So if you're on that combination, which is Man City away and Man United away. Uh, but look, I mean, if you play Rea, you get Liverpool. Maybe he gets three points this week. Or maybe you play Chelsea, Kepa anyway this week. Then you play West Ham at home, which is Rea's good fixture. Uh, you know, he could get a 10-pointer haul. That's the whole ceiling argument with Rea. The, the game he keeps a clean sheet, keeps three, six, three to six bonuses. Uh, sorry, saves, you get bonus as well. So I can see the argument there. And then for the double in 37, you just live with it. Either he plays, either you play Raya with uh, one game, but I think more logically you will play Kepa with the two games. So I don't know. Are you looking to make a transfer or are you, are you going to leave the spot? I think I'm um, prob- probably leaning towards leaving this one. Um, I just don't th- think there's too high of an upside in terms of Ederson. It's just clean sheet and that's it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, if he gets five clean sheets in a row and I get zero clean sheets for the next five game weeks, then maybe that's the big difference. But I do feel like I can gain elsewhere or, you know, save a transfer and attack with two uh, the following week, for example. That's fair. That's fair. And and, and I I think there's a a comment, FPL goal is saying, am I 100% that Steel is nailed? No, I'm not. Um, which is why I went for Estupinian in the first place when I when I went for it. I'm not sure Estupinian is ill, no. But then at least Steel gives you that option and you have a backup. I mean, you hope that the rotation doesn't happen in a double like it happened with Edison because in any other game week, you will get your, your sub. But in a double game week, obviously, you won't. So, But Steel, to me, looks pretty much assured. I mean, the guy has been doing very well. Deserby has praised him. Uh, the guys in Scoutcast were discussing this. How weak would it look that he said that I want to change my keeper and Steel is doing well? Um, he's passing out from the back better than Sanchez. Even got the assist. He's you know saving the penalty when Sanchez didn't save any penalties in the FA Cup. So I, there's no reason for him to move. So I don't really see a reason why Steel would be would be dropped. And De Gea, I think I've made the argument. Now there's no upside defender at Man United. Shaw is playing set left centre back. Dalo is looking a little bit. Dalo could be one. 
But then I think there's a slight rotation risk with Dalo in the games that Malasia starts and Van Bissaka starts. So I would say De Gea is a good pick as well if you didn't have three Man United. Let's go to defenders. Because defenders, I think there's some exciting differences that you could make if you wanted to be different. Um, and so let's keep the sheet. So I think the first one is double United defense. So we've talked about we've talked about De Gea being a good keeper. We've talked about Man United keeping a, a lot of clean sheets. By the way, on underlying basis since the World Cup, they're not in the top five. So they've been slightly lucky to keep some of the clean sheets that they have. But at the other hand, Newcastle is number two. And obviously, we know that they're not keeping any clean sheets. So it's not always about that. But I would just like to point that out. So double Man United defense, if people wanted to go there and be different, what you're sacrificing is basically Bruno in game week 37. So if your team looks like in a place where you'll find it very difficult to get a third Man United in game week 37 and you wanted to go different, I think Lindelof at 4.1 should be pretty much nailed. Although I warn you that Varane is coming back. So by game week 37, actually Varane might be playing. Um and then Dalo and Shaw. So what are your thoughts? Double United defense. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. United surprisingly um, pretty decent defense this season. I think they're fourth in terms of goals uh, conceded this entire season. So pretty solid defense, but it's a trade-off, right? Um, if you're going to get rid of Bruno and you have Rashford plus, I guess, two defenders, is that worth it for the you know midfielder that you're going to trade off? Um, so I would like, I don't, Mind a combination of De Gea, Shaw, and for example, either Bruno or Rashford because of what we just talked about in terms of keepers. There, there's not much keeper options to go for. I'm not sure I, I feel very confident about Lindelof. I don't think there's much attacking return or potential there anyway. So um, I don't know about the Lindelof defensive double-up. What's that? Uh, I, no, I don't, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't feel great about the defensive double-up unless it's for De Gea personally. Yeah, and the other thing is going back to the top 10k template, which you're trying to beat through this. Um, that template will have double Newcastle defense, it has a Brighton defense, and it has Trent, in addition to a Man United defender, which is Shaw in that template. So you're also giving up by going double Man United defense, you're giving up either a keeper, which actually makes more sense, mm-hmm. or you're giving up a Trent or a Botman, and Botman giving up is not ideal because they have a double as well. But another interesting idea is basically Newcastle defense. So the top 10K defense is Trippier and Botman. Now, Botman is the worst out of the options in terms of if you wanted to go double defense on a free hit, I would go share and, and Trippier. If you wanted to go triple defense, I would go Pope, share and, uh, you know, so, so Botman, even though he got the assist, I think for me, you ha- they're better defenders to go. Now, so if you don't have Botman, I think you can already be different. But I think what's interesting is you can go two ways with this. One way is you go, I don't want double Newcastle defense. And with two two free transfers in game week 36, I'm going to get out of Botman. And I'm going to get Wilson in addition to Isak, which I think some people like you who've got Isak in the team could do. Maybe. The other option is... Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Of course, we're everything that we're discussing today is all options which have risk and reward. Yeah. No, I, so I was the, saying maybe just because of... Uh, I don't know if I have enough money to do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So people like you or, you know, teams that are similar to you that they have some funds. But the other one, which a lot of people aren't talking about, could be even ultra high risk, high return is triple Newcastle defense. Mm. So let's say you already have these two. You have a keeper problem. You get Pope. And then you basically say, I back underlying data. I'm going to ignore all the noises on Newcastle letting in easy goals. 
I still think they're a good team. They're playing Leeds, yeah. who are Sam Allardyce's team, who will be an easier clean sheet than Leeds have ever been before. And then they play Brighton at home. You spike two clean sheets, and that's basically your differential in... And you even... Nice. Because you, you, you won't have a Newcastle attacker, you'll be captaining Trippier as well. So basically, you're 4x Newcastle defense for that double. That's an area I've not ruled it out. Yeah. You know, I'll see the minutes that Isak and Wilson get. I think I won't go there myself. And none of this is things that we're saying that we might do ourselves. These are just ideas that people may or may not have thought about. Yeah. Um, what is I shock and horror listening to 4X Newcastle defense? or No, no. I, you know, um, my friend uh, Jan, I think uh, FPL Jan, right? He's He's been on triple defense, Newcastle defense for a while. So... Um, you know, there's good reasoning for it. I do see, I don't think there's, I don't know how safe that is for us. It's like all eggs in one basket. Um, but if you do get away with it, it, it is a massive play there. So I do see, I do I see the merit. it also gets away with the headache of Isaac versus Wilson. Um, because first of all, we don't know who's going to start. Maybe we get news on who starts in 36 early, but we won't. we won't. And, and so like you might get one. 120 minutes out of each player or one player that you have and then you just don't know who's going to score because both of them are doing really well so i do see the merit of a double defense but let alone triple defense uh you know ballsy move but yeah another one in defense is going double city defense so again i think city defense is very low owned given the fact that there are no nailed players and you know if you go ds he is expensive if you go Akanji, you see that he's a rotation risk. Ake, up until now, was injured. And I think he was the nailed option. So he could be an option to go back to. So people who have basically maybe Edison in their team, or right now they could have gone for a DS, they could think about double city defense. And a lot of people, the first reaction is, I, why would I go for city defense over city attacker? Because of that upside with the city attacker. My answer to them is, there is similar upside now in other good picks. So if you're going for double city attack in game week 37, you're maybe giving up something else. Like maybe you don't have double Man United attack who have similar underlying. You don't have double um, Brighton attack who have similar underlying. So there's always a trade-off. And I'm saying if you want it to be different and you wanted to say, look, City are going to start keeping bet clean sheets. Their underlying has, has been great forever. You get 200% of City clean sheet. I think that's a differential as well. So that, I mean, for, for me, for example, in game week 37... I haven't ruled it out because I'm very happy with my midfield. I don't see the need to sell. I could do Salah to De Bruyne, which when we will come to midfield, we'll talk about it. But I'm equally happy if I get there to say maybe Salah is my best captain option in game week 38. I'll keep Salah and I'll go Trent to Diaz instead and get double city defense. So I think having an open mind to that could be as well an option. I'm very open mind to that. I, I do think I've had good memories with you know double city defense. Granted, those were the... Diaz locked era and Laporte locked era but you know you could even nick a goal like Ake did um, if you get lucky so uh, I do see the merits to that um, of going double seated defense especially if you have Ederson um, yeah why not yep and then finally Arsenal defense I mean I think people will start talking about Arsenal a little more as we get into game week 37 mm-hmm. uh, or even 36 maybe um, where you know they have been a dependable defense, but ultimately because Saliba is out and now even Gabriel is out, I don't want to spend too much time on this because they, there's been a clear drop off. 
after yeah. after Saliba being out. So I you know we don't want to be recommending Arsenal defense, but Gimmick thirty eight punts. You know, if you're looking to release funds and if you yeah. want to get, you know, if you want to take a Brighton mid up to Saka, <coughs> you know, for my a move that I had planned is basically Trent to Gabriel and or someone else and then a Brighton mid to Saka. Great option. So something like that, uh, you know, Arsenal will come into our thinking again, especially if they're still in the title run, going into game week 38. Yeah, good point there. We'll, we'll see where the, you know, title race is by 38. But if they are still have a chance of getting the title, then... For sure, Arsenal will be a high priority for all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having said that, I think Gaming 38, they will put out a good team anyway. It's a celebration. I mean, sure. I think they've yeah. had a great season. So uh, regardless, I think Arsenal might be good assets. Can I, can I ask you a, just a, you know, on a side note, um, with the remaining four game weeks left, I know this is like, I know the way you're going to answer this, but we're talking about you know defense right now. But is it is it more sensible to chase points in the mid and attack than trying to, you know, look for clean sheets um, at this point in time? Or is that way too difficult to answer? No, no, it, it is. Mm-hmm. That's why it's all team dependent. You could, but my problem is right now, it's very hard to beat the template midfield, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's very hard to beat it because can you make a case for selling Salah or Grealish? We looked at the top, mm-hmm. that top 10K midfield. Uh, the double Brighton mid and Rashford, I think they're not going anywhere before game week 38 because they have the double in 37. Then you have Grealish and you have Salah. So when we'll come to midfield, in fact, that's a good segue. Let's go there. It's very difficult to beat it. Are you going to beat Haaland? So idea is the way to be different could be, it could be one of the options, is to basically multiplier, add a multiplier effect to your defensive gambles. Could be Liverpool, sorry, could be Newcastle, could be Man United, could be City. So that was the thinking. But clearly... Midfielders score most points. So if you were to pick a player that you want to punt and go different on, I definitely agree that if you can find a midfield one, it's better. But I would also say it's riskier. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I like that multiplier example. Yeah. I like... um, So obviously, um, Adam from Above (laughs) Average FPL is in the chat. And he's obviously already predetermining what uh, Andy is going to talk about. So go on then, Andy. What, what are you going to talk about in midfield? Like, we wonder which midfielder do you have your eye on? Yeah, I think Son is a good option. Um, and the trade-off is for who? And the only trade-off I can think of is, uh, because of his money, it would be Salah or Bruno. But Bruno kind of doesn't make sense because he has a double in 37. Um, and you have four Magic Beans, so it's not like it's easy to get to another third United option because we definitely have other transfers that we need to work with. So essentially the only way to get to Sun is through Salah, you know, so which is why I was going to ask you after this, my why I think Sun is a good option, whether selling Salah for Sun is sensible. I know I feel like you're going to say it's not because uh, Salah is... We're not talking sensible. This chat is... This whole stream (laughs) is talking things that are less sensible but can give you a high return. That's the whole point. Yeah. Okay, let's be real here. Like Spurs are, are, you know, a mess right now, right? And with that being said, um, you know, Tottenham in the last five game weeks, one win, one tie, three losses. The one win, I was there, by the way. Uh, and then, you know, Son in the, in those five games has had four goals and one assist. So surprisingly, Son is actually doing better. Uh, he's been playing a more free role. He's been working really well with Perisic. And he's playing alongside Kane as a two-top. And, you know, he just hit the 10-goal mark, which is also a significant thing because seven seasons in a row, he's 
seasons in a row, he scored 10 goals plus, which is, uh, you know, really massive achievement in terms of consistency. And he did that in the Bundesliga as well. And we know Son is a 100% sort of, um, you know, streaky player. And when he finds streaks, he, he kind of goes on runs. I don't want to sell it too much, but I, I what I will say is that this game week he plays Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace has been great under under Roy Hodgson, so it's not like it's an easy um, you know team to, that he's facing. But against Palace, if you look up here, he's had thirteen matches and seven goals scored against them. And surprise, and you know, really interesting thing is he scored his Premier League debut goal against Palace at White Hart Lane. And then he also scored the very first goal against Palace at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the new new stadium. I know you're smirking here, but you know these things play play a little bit Fast of a factor, right? They're irrelevant, but they do play a little bit of a factor. Um, and so he scored in all six home games for his Palace, except one game. So maybe, maybe if you're looking for a outside shout, I do think he's playing really well. You know, he's had one goal, one assist against Liverpool. Um, so, you know, why not? Their defense is awful. Like, definitely don't go there. But uh, maybe, maybe Sun is an option for, for those looking for a differential. And I'm I'm considering it as well. Yeah. I mean, look, when they were having this shit show against Liverpool, there was a formation change, right? Um, that, that Sun, I think he went up top. So they played 5-3-2 with yeah, Sun yeah, and Kane exactly. together. Mm-hmm. So... That's better in many sense, uh, in some sense for, for for Sun. But we don't know what is the situation with Charleston, with, with Kulisevsky. So look, is it a is it a high risk, high reward pick? Definitely. Because a lot of people, you know, people like me, we hesitate to sell Salah. Even though, I mean, let's be real. Last three game weeks, he's not had many shots, not had many pen, penalty box touches. People who had him got lucky with two penalties. So we need to call a spade a spade. So... You know, we were saying first game week, first 26 game weeks, he hadn't had a pen. Now he's had four, he missed two, and or he's had five, missed two and scored three. So it's fine, but it's nothing worth 13 million, especially if you're not captaining. So my one consideration is in game week 38, do I want to keep the op- option of having Salah as captain when he plays Southampton? If Man City are, you know, have closed out the title and maybe the Haaland minutes are are risky because they have the FA Cup final, they have the Champions League final. So in that scenario, I'm thinking, will will I need Salah or not? That's my only thinking. But I think yeah. selling Salah going against, for me right now, going different is the number one route to go different. Okay. So when you mentioned that, Pras, Sun plays Leeds in 38. And Leeds has, is, the, you know, conceded the most goals this season. So there's an opportunity. Yeah, this is not uh, Sam, this is Sam Allardyce's Leeds. They're different Leeds. Yeah, but it still leads. Um, they're still on the beat. They're still going to get relegated. So, you know, maybe you could captain. I mean, it, give me thirty-eight. Will come down to league league position. So yeah, mm-hmm. if 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 Leeds need one point, sorry, Andy from Martin, that game. Yeah. <laughs> if Leeds need one point from that game, I'm backing Leeds to get one point in that game against Spurs. That yeah. I mean, that's just maybe it's my bias with how Sam Allardyce is because a lot of people. I mean, I think he's a good manager. Yeah. He was England manager. I mean, if there hadn't been this controversy, he he would have been England manager. Now, I'm not saying England picked the best managers, but he's been a decent manager. He knows how to get a team right. Will he have enough time to do that? No. Uh, will he get battered by City? Maybe. But I'm just saying that he will get them in a shape where even if they're 2-0 down, they will be in shape. They're not going to be like the old leads where they'll go for it and, and lose 6-1 if they have to. So that's basically the main difference. This is why I was also talking about triple Newcastle defense because now the clean sheet odds against Liverpool, against Leeds 
are that much higher because they will be safety first. That's just the way he plays. Mm. So, again, I think he's fine. I think Sun is a good pick. I think he's a good option if you wanted to go different. But you have to understand risk reward. No, exactly. That's that's I, like no fence sitting. Like without fence sitting, I think Sun is a good pick. And I, I don't usually I try not to say this too much because the bias is there. But I do think he's you know playing really well, and I, I do think he's a good pick. But it's I, again the trade off with Salah, and I know what the damage could be if this goes wrong. Um, basically, you know um, this could be really well good good for me in terms of you know really getting into the top ten k, and possibly the only route into the top ten k or you know, kind of a season-ending type of situation with Salah doing well. So that's the trade-off that's in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand the, the risk-reward here. Um, but I do think he's a good pick. Yeah. So let's talk about this Salah out position. So let, Because obviously this is going to be... If you're looking at the top 10K template, we talked about Grealish and Salah, the two picks where you could go different. I think there's nothing wrong with them. You can keep them. But if you wanted to go different, you could differentiate. So the people that stand out as picks that go against that, you could get a third Brighton midfielder for that double-double. Let's say you don't want a defender or you don't have one. You could go for Bruno Fernandes because they have that double and they have good fixtures around the double as well. You could go for a a Gakpo. Now, I know Gakpo was rested last night, but I think it was more literally out of the fact that he had played so many minutes. So it was not a, it was like a Robertson rest. Mm-hmm. rather than a rest where he was rotated. Or he, it was not a rotation. I think Gakpo is still pretty much firmly in the first 11. So let's say if you wanted to go down from a Salah to a Gakpo and upgrade your striker to a Kane. I mean, those are different areas where you can think about as well. So it doesn't have to be a like-for-like Salah switch. Um, and or, and a City mid. I mean, the, the unicorn City mid that we always aspire to get that will get a 20-pointer in a double game week, it could be De Bruyne yeah. uh, in game week 37. It could be a Mares. It could be Foden if he's back. But then Grealish is the steady Eddie pick who will get you one or two returns over a double game week. He'll get you the most minutes. So you're going against that. You're going yeah. against a Salah who's on pens. You're going against a Grealish who has a double game week. So apart from Sun, where else can people go different? Yeah, I think the KDB one's interesting, um, especially if they, they're going to have to fight for the title to the rest rest of the season uh, but KDB also I don't feel very confident on because the Arsenal game is a good example of when he did well but the Arsenal game played right into his hands right we we've owned KDB enough throughout the season where he's been locked out or you know they're they're a low block and you just can't find a way to attack so I'm not so keen on the KDB one the Grealish one is very interesting too because a lot of people still own him so uh, you could you could hold on to him I think we'll see what where we land with Mares in game week 35. We're definitely going to going to get early news, I hope, uh, and that could be for the likes of Mares or it could be the likes of, you know, Holland get getting getting benched. We'll, we'll talk about that later and we'll talk about game week 35 in yeah. In, in, yeah. After, so yeah. if 35 presents Mares as, as an option, maybe just naturally we we go there as well. So um yeah, in terms of City, I'm there. I think Arsenal is I was listening to ScoutCast. I think Flapjack was talking about, you know, possibly going on Arsenal as a differential. But as we mentioned, Pross, like the only one that you can get out of is is Salah. And I'd rather have Salah than uh, Arsenal bid right now, especially because the next two fixtures aren't the best for Arsenal. So maybe you get onto Arsenal mid in 37, 38, most likely 38. Um, Gakpo, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was, I was actually, I, I was agreeing with you. And I see in the chat, there's some very good ideas. So FPL A+, Anderson Official are saying Crystal Palace mids, Eze. Um, so they play, yeah, yeah. Um, they play uh, Bournemouth at home, Nottingham Forest at home, Fulham away and Spurs away. Four easy fixtures. Yeah. I like Eze. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a great shot, especially that Eze also took the penalty in that particular game. Um, again, being different, but you're you know that by going different, you're not getting a Salah for pen. So what are you doing with the funds? Maybe that is a double move. You get Eze for Salah and you get Kane back. Um or somebody else. I mean I'm sort of thinking maybe you get a uh a De Bruyne um and, and so so Eze and and De Bruyne for Salah and Grealish. That's different. Different with good upside. So that's a that's a good one. Are you I mean we talked about Crystal Palace before the free hit thirty two in detail. Um, Zaha has basically come and taken Edward's position if he's fit but the fact that Ayu, Olise and Eze are looking good I think Crystal Palace are a decent place to go I fully agree I think a very decent place to go yeah and they've been fantastic against under Roy so yeah um, Gakpo do you like that? I mean selling Salah for Gakpo just feels a little bit like are you backing Liverpool are you not right? I mean, it depends what what you're doing with the funds. But if there's nothing you need for the funds for, why would you do that? You know, Gakpo doesn't scream. Uh, he's like the he's like the he's like a worse Jesus type. I don't mean this in a bad way. Um, if you know what I mean, it's he's like the link up play guy. And um, yeah, he might get a haul here and there, but it doesn't scream confidence to me. Um, so I would just keep Salah if if you're going to go there. Yeah. So I think because. Salah is expensive. I think the three routes that people will take, or four routes, will be most likely either Sun, either KDB, either Bruno, depending on how many Man United you have already, or a double move to get Kane. Because all of them have very high upside potential. Um, and I think they're all fair shots. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, this... Uh, th- this is why I really enjoy, you know, listening to you, Pross, as well. And for the viewers, too, we're sort of dissecting the high EO and then going defense, then midfield, and obviously to forwards next. So it's like a good exercise just to see where you might be able to, you know, find the the differentials uh, or find the the ways you can make a difference in terms of the last four game weeks as well. Yeah. Correct. And it feels foolish to be even discussing Salah to Eze as one of your four magic teams. <laughs> but this is what it is. This is what it means to be high risk, high reward. Um, because you'll find a way for to use the money elsewhere. And Salah could punish you with a 15-pointer, but that's exactly the point. That if if he does that, then you know somebody like me or or somebody like who's on 18k, right? Who wants to get into the top 10k? You, you don't mind it. Salah gets it if a 19-point haul, then you finish 32k. Fine, not the end of the world. But if you can beat him, if you can go for a, a De Bruyne in that double game week, and you can beat him, and he gets a blank or he's he's rested for that single game week, De Bruyne gets the points. That's what we're trying to sort of give you as a, as a nitro boost if you wanted to go different. Uh, but what do you think about Grealish as a city pick? I mean, he was great over the double, by the way. I mean, seven points doesn't do justice to how well he did. I still think like um, solid player, not high ceiling. Um, but it's a trade-off, right? Two Brighton mids, two Bruno plus, um, who is it? Rashford. So it'd be Salah versus Grealish, right? 
or Bruno. I mean, the template has Grealish instead of. Um, I mean, don't think of your team. So they, the template doesn't have Bruno. Bruno is a differential in the template already. Ah, got you. Semi. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, I think most secure in terms of minutes out of the, all the all the midfielders at Man City. So that's that's the plus for him. But I don't think high ceiling. Maybe like maximum one goal, one assist per game. So I think he's he's dispensable. And when we get to game week 35, um, he'll be one of the choices. Let's say you hear Foden is starting or Mahrez is starting and Grealish isn't, something like that, then he's dispensable. Uh, and and can, you can use the magic bean on him if you have to. Um, but that was it in terms of midfielders on, on areas to be different. I think personally, I don't see... I, I have Bruno instead of Grealish. And I could easily go through the rest of the season with not changing that. Yeah, totally. Uh, because fair. I feel I already, and I think we have the same midfield, right? So I don't see the need to change it, but I can also see the logic of if you wanted to push that you do the the Salah to someone move. Nice. Forwards? forwards? Yep. So forwards is an interesting one. A lot of people have just dead-ended their team. In fact, the top 10K template has dead-ended their team to a spot, a Greenwood spot. <laughs> so actually, in forwards, if you're sitting on three, you have a time, to, you have a chance to be different because a lot of people will need two transfers to get to your third striker. Yeah. So the third striker has become immensely differential. Nice. Now you could still be differential with your second pick. So a lot, the template has Watkins, Greenwood, and Haaland. So let's keep Haaland on the side. You could stick with. Watkins and so the, the the template move is going to be keep Watkins this week go from Watkins to Isak or Wilson and that's it that's you're done with your forward line but there are other options there's other options like we talked about getting Kane so with a Salah to an Eze and Kane to you know a, a Greenwood or any whoever your striker is maybe it's Jota or whoever to a Kane but the interesting one is Isak and Wilson so let's talk about that a little bit more nice. let's talk about yeah. Newcastle now the thing is Wilson clearly gets goals when he starts. He's always done that. Whenever he's fit, Wilson has been a great option, especially in this Newcastle team. But Isak has been absolutely tremendous, not just in terms of goals, but in terms of the work rate when he's starting up top, in terms of his dribbling when he's playing on the left. So he's basically Mitoma when he's on the left, he's Firmino when he's playing striker, <laughs> and he still gets goals, you know, something like that. Yeah. So Isak, I think, easily will get more minutes over the double. Let's see if things things change over uh, with the Arsenal game. But then Wilson isn't a guy who is going to just sit and say, I'm second fiddle. I mean, I don't know if, if you if you heard this snippet on the Footballers podcast where he was talking to Mikel Antonio and they, he talked to him about, you know, are you happy being a sub or, you know. And he was very clear that my message is clear. I want to start. I want to start. So he's not a guy who won't like it. So you can already assume that Wilson is going to start one of the two games. Nice. And Isak is probably going to start Definitely going to start one, probably both. So it's a really a question of A, do you go for one over the other? Or B, you get ultra differential and you go for both. And I like the option of going yeah, for both, actually. Yeah. yeah, if you have that non-Greenwood spot, it's so funny, Greenwood's a popular pick. But if you have that third um, you know, attacker, I definitely think I would go for the Wilson-Isak double up. Even if you have limited minutes for both, both scream as fantastic options. I know that uh, I know that uh, Wilson had a really good game and sort of the 
you know, the XG and the data might be skewed because of that because of that one game. I'm forgetting who who they played, but you know, indiv- Isaac or Wilson is just a go- pure goal scorer, right? Like a a true number nine. And you know, when he's on the pitch and he has a few chances, there's a very high chance he gets a goal. And Isaac is, as you mentioned, all those you know accolades or all those like good things about him, but he's just playing on a you know sky high confidence uh, factor as well. So. I think you have if you have a third, you know, attacker option, maybe the the play is to go for both of them. But if you don't, I'm even considering moving off Botman if I had two free transfers in 36 to somehow get to Isaac plus Wilson. But I just don't think I have the funds to do that. Yeah. I mean, again, t- team dependent. If you're in that position, let's say instead of Greenwood, you had Solanke in your team, and you could then you had that extra funds in your third attacker, and you could do that. Uh, we'll talk about Solanke separately. I see. I see. Oscar is uh, talking about Solanke, so we, we we will give him time. Don't worry. Um, so, look, I think the devil's advocate on the Wilson and Isak move is now they're playing Leeds away, so it's the Sam Allardyce Leeds, and then they play Brighton at home. Not an easy game. They've been good at home, Newcastle, but then Brighton is not an easy team. They they will keep a lot of possession and and things like that. And you saw Man United is was a nil nil game in the FA Cup, so. Devils advocate, they score 1-0 against Leeds and the, the, the Brighton game is 1-1. So two goals. Wow, you're hyping so up cannot... Sam Allardyce like, uh, like crazy. No, no, I'm not hyping him. On Twitter, I'm just saying yeah. he's that type of manager <laughs> that it's not beyond, it's not the same Leeds. All I'm trying to differentiate in your minds is when you look at Leeds, you think, oh my God, this is the Salah triple captain hall from game week 26. Or, you know, all the returns that we've got as opponents when we play Leeds is because Leeds don't give up. 2-0 down, they'll keep attacking and you'll keep having the ability to counter them, you will not have that anymore. So that's all I'm trying to say. Leeds could get battered for all we know. But all I'm saying is even if they're 3-0 down, Sam Allardyce is not going to take off a defender and put another striker up top. He's not going to do that. Fair. So Devil's Advocate says you cannot just assume Newcastle score four goals, four goals in that double. It could simply be that they end up scoring two goals or three goals over the two games. And in that case, you will think you've gone against the template which has double defense and it's been a double transfer. You used up two magic beans to get something that didn't give you that upside. So I'm giving you sort of both sides of the equation. You'd rather pick your one striker and captain them rather than making a better two. Nice. Okay. So I, that's, I, that's one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go on. So I, I'd like you to give the two scenarios. For example, some of us already like myself have Isaac and some of us like you, who we both have Greenwood have the likes of walk-ins. So the sensible move for you would be to go to just one of Isak versus Wilson, correct? If I wanted to use only one magic bean on Newcastle, which I think I'm more inclined to do. Yeah. Because because Newcastle don't have a double in 37 and then their game week 38 game is not the easiest, if I remember correctly. Um, Chelsea. That's the other issue yeah. with going double. Chelsea, actually, no, that's not not the case anymore. It looks it's red like a, on... It's a on, great on, fixture, red. yeah. Great fixture. So, mm. so you could do you could do it, but I just think that I I maybe I want to use that extra transfer on somebody else and rather make my bet. At this stage, we'll talk about it next week. But at this stage, I'm more keen on a Wilson versus Isak only because I know mm. Isak is much more owned. And so, if I want to chase people, I'd rather do it with Wilson captaincy because I know the upside is absolutely huge. Yeah, uh, going Wilson, he gets two starts. You can say you know he gets one or two goals over that period, and more more so if he gets two starts. Isak plays on the left on those two starts. So just in terms of my thinking at the moment, 
is if I wanted to punt, and it is a punt, I think Isak is a better pick. I think Wilson could be a shout. I also think that if it's not a terrible idea to move on them now, if if you, for example, don't have either of them, uh, because yes, Watkins does play Wolves, and Wolves just got you know trashed the six zero or five zero or something like that, but. Arsenal at home or away against, you know, Newcastle. Newcastle sort of don't, you know, create so many chances on their own. They sort of play into the counter of the teams that attack them in waves. So it could actually provide good opportunities for them to find, you know, opportunities on the counter against Arsenal. So And Saliba's out. So maybe not the worst shot to go for them this game week as well. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Why would you commit to a Newcastle attacker when you can get one more game's information? So let's say if you don't have, why would you commit to one? Maybe one gets injured in the next game. So why would I go for an Isak or a Wilson? Because if one gets injured, then I know hundred percent who I want, and I want to captain. So that's that's the problem, and it's it's Watkins, man. I mean, nobody has more XG since the restart that after Haaland, yeah, in yeah. strikers. So there's no yeah. need to sell Watkins. Yeah, fair, fair. So other strikers that I had on the list, Alvarez, we'll talk about separately, Alvarez, because when we come to game week 35, we're going to talk about these scenarios with the leaks. Uh, Martial, so he's not very popular because he keeps missing games. But I'm telling you, game week 37, his upside is big. Because if you don't have a Bruno, let's say, in place, if you don't have uh, a a second defender and you have an open slot and you wanted to keep Salah, I think there's nothing wrong with going, basically, you go Isak for 37, 36, and then you go Martial for 37. If he's fit, and if he, if Man United continue to look good in front of the goal, which which they should, I think Martial will get 60, 70 minutes one game, 20, 30 minutes the other game. Not a bad shot. So, um, as a third Man United, as somebody who you wanted to be different, again, I want to remind people the theme of this, which is you can make negative EV choices if you wanted to be different and want it because it's it's the it's the end game. So I think going for a Martial could be an upside pick for game week 37. The most steady pick is obviously Solanke. Um, he continues to do well. I mean, the guy's involved in pretty much everything that Bournemouth do. And Bournemouth look insanely attacking uh, in, in, in every game that you watch. And he's got Crystal Palace. He's got Chelsea. He's got Everton away in game week 38. In 37, obviously, he won't play him because he doesn't have a double and he plays Man United. So... It's decent, but it needs to afford you something else. If we go back to the discussion on you're going against the template, I don't think playing Solanke as your seventh attacker is really that much upside. Uh, I would rather use that spot somewhere else, maybe getting a cane or uh, maybe downgrading him and getting a better midfielder and things like that. So um, so you think he has to be, if you do Solanke, he has to be your eighth sort of option? Eighth attacking option. But then why are you going Solanke? Yeah, if he's going to be eight, you're using yeah. one one transfer for somebody who you're not going to play. Like I can see people playing him Chelsea at home this week. Great fixture. Home, home yeah. they're great. Yeah. But then they've got two away fixtures, 36 and 38. Again, 36 is a massive benching headache for most people. So he probably sits on the bench. And so you're getting him for Chelsea at home and Everton away. So I don't love it. But if you have him, I think he's a good differential. Nice. And then Kane, we've talked about enough. I think yeah. Spurs have that upside. Kane, honestly, I just can't... You can't fault him for the season he's good, at. I think it's he's... a good option, yeah. I read on the Scout uh, article that if he gets four points a game or just over four points a game for the rest, for the other, for the last remaining four games, he will have his best FPL season ever. Oh, really? So, 
and he's gone completely under the radar because Haaland exists. And also, and Salah's uh, had more doubles. Interesting stat is if you took away all of Kane's goals this season, I think Spurs, I can't remember exactly where, it would be very close to relegation from, from what I've read. Yeah. Or like 13, 14, 15, something like that. I mean, but somebody would score. But okay, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, they won't play with 10 men. Um, I mean, this you, you is what they what did I'm, with the Ronaldo. The point I'm trying to make is his goals count for a lot. Yeah. This is what they did with Ronaldo. You know, this Pierce Morgan thing. If, if Ronaldo didn't exist in that year, then Man United won't have qualified for this. I mean, but we would have had a striker, right? I mean, but anyway. Oh, you don't want to go there, right? Pross. You don't want to go there. <laughs> There's a lot of, um, uh, you know... Messi, maybe Son would have played here. up top if Kane didn't exist um, <laughs> and maybe done better. So, yeah. But look, respect to Kane. I think he's been a good pick. I think Joe, he's in the chat. I see him. He's held Kane through this whole period and there's no surprise. He's in the top 10K. Clearly, people nice. who believed in Kane uh, have benefited because he keeps delivering when other people doubt him. And people, I've done Kane out to Salah three times this season. And this double has worked out. Because Salah has got this 18 points, but it's been lucky, man. I mean, you know, Salah's got two penalties. Kane got his goal fair and square. Even in the previous game week, he 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 keeps doing well. So I think he's a good option if you wanted to go different, or if you have him, then great. I mean, you're sitting on a very nice differential. On the Marshall thing, um, if you're seriously considering him at 37, wouldn't you have to move off your three United assets very soon? Oh, but I'm not talking about myself. I'm okay. talking about in general. general yeah. Okay, nice. Game week 35. Now let's zoom in into the next game week. Mm -hmm. So the idea for game week 35 is this. The the, the quirk is that there's obviously a lot of early kickoffs. So so not early kickoffs, 3 p.m. kickoffs. And that is the deadline. So the deadline will be 1.30 p.m. UK, which basically means that you will have news filtering through. You could have news filtering through on who starts for Man City. And it's been fairly reliable. I mean, there's been, you know, the rumors on the De Bruyne not being in the squad or not having traveled or yesterday, I think Andy, let's talk FPL, knew that Edison isn't starting a couple of hours before the team was out. So they could be something. So number one, that means please hold your transfers. But number two, it means you need to have your flowcharts ready, which is <laughs> what happens if Haaland is benched yeah. and Alvarez starts? What happens if Haaland is starting and Alvarez is starting? And then obviously the same thing in midfield. If De Bruyne is starting or not, or Grealish is starting or not, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and if Edison is starting or not. So, um, the in terms of the early or the, the first kickoffs, you have Wolves Aston Villa. I think that's irrelevant. I think Watkins should start anyway. Spurs Crystal Palace, reasonably irrelevant. So, it's only the Man City one. Yeah. So, let's talk about Man City. A lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. Alvarez as the, as the guy worth punting for a magic bean, uh, a Watkins to Alvarez move. I'll let you first discuss what, what your thoughts are. Okay, so we get news that Holland is benched and Alvarez starts. Let's start discuss both scenarios. So yeah, let's talk okay. about if if Holland is starting and Alvarez is starting. Okay, I'm gonna go with the easy one first, which is Holland okay. Holland is benched and Alvarez is starting. I think you just have to go for it, right? Forget about, you know, uh, saving transfers for thirty eight, forget about, you know, having a transfer for thirty seven. You know, even as an Isak owner, um, and I can't get, I can't go Greenwood to Alvarez. I think it's worth the transfer to take a punt and try to take the points that are on the board 
and possibly use him as a captaincy option. And I feel like listening to you today, uh, the ar- the argument that's popped up is the Sam Allardyce point of view. But um, <laughs> no, no, they could get battered against Man City. Everyone can get battered against Man City. So yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to use the Sam Allardyce logic for this game. Got you. But it is Leeds, and uh, it is Alvarez who. If his 6.0 price point is not reflective of his actual price point, which should be, you know, nine plus probably, right? So he's he's firmly on my mind for sure. Um, and I think I was on thinking about him last week. If we had that, gotten that early news about KDB being out, I think a lot of us would have been there anyway. Um, so Alvarez, you know, sparks a lot of, you know, fire under my belly and and, and I want to take that punt. So that's the scenario for, for Alvarez. But let's say Holland. Hold on, is... hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. So Holland is mm-hmm. Holland is out. Alvarez is starting. Mm-hmm. Would you captain Alvarez? Yes, I think so. I think so. And you're betting against. But what who's? is to say? Salah? Okay, let's say De Bruyne is starting. Okay. De Bruyne and Alvarez are starting. What is to say Alvarez doesn't come up on the 55th minute for Holland? No, it's fair, right? So you you got the options of like, for example, if Morris is starting, then that's a you know another obstacle thrown at us if kdb is starting another obstacle thrown at us but um you know your bet your bet you, you think he's gonna play under 60 minutes alvarez i'm not saying i'm thinking yeah. i'm just yeah. saying you're losing a watkins who's gonna play 90 minutes on penalties mm-hmm. if, and if you're not captaining alvarez then i see no logic for going for alvarez yeah because yeah. I'm just I'm just struggling because I'll use my I'll use my punt transfer or or my punt magic bean in game week 38 when I have two and I can make more sensible choices knowing what I know then instead of going for somebody who I know has played the last two games who was taken early-ish it was not before 60th minute but it was later I think 70-ish minute Alvarez was taken off and you just never know how many minutes he gets so it's a complete punt territory and i respect it whoever wants to do it but i just want to also give the other side where you have options like you have a brighton mid option to captain they they're home to everton they've just spanked a team 6-0 we'll see how they are against man united tonight but brighton at home you yeah, have but a the brighton Br- the brighton one is impossible to predict who the points are going to come from so if you're going to fair, fair. if you're going to go brighton i i'd rather go you know salah salah is the most sensible captaincy sh- shout Besides Holland, right? And Watkins doesn't even matter because you'll you'll probably go Salah instead of Watkins. But it is the upside that I'm talking about in terms of what Alvarez and Man City look like they're about to deliver against the team that's conceded the most goals throughout the season. So Upside is relative. Mm. Upside is you're getting an Alvarez. Let's say an an uncaptain. I'm still on if you're not captaining Alvarez, then why are you going for Alvarez? An uncaptained Alvarez who could play 60-65 minutes, worst case less. Could play 90, maybe if he wants to give De Bruyne a rest and, and, and maybe Haaland doesn't even come on. Who knows? But what I'm saying is there is there is a downside with going Alvarez. Yeah, Instead yeah. of... So it's all relative. Instead of, let's say, in game week 38, you use that same one transfer that you've rolled till then on somebody else, like a Brighton mid to a soccer on penalties, 90 minutes, who's going to get that final game at home to Wolves. So that's where I'm debating. Is it worth selling a Watkins... For an Alvarez, in our head it is because we've always aspired for this unicorn haul from a Man City attacker. But I just want to be a little bit more balanced and say, I don't think it's a no-brainer to do it. Yeah. I don't think it's a no-brainer to a captain him, and it's I don't think it's a no-brainer to just do that transfer. Especially because you're probably going to transfer him back out next game week, correct? You have to, correct. Mm. I mean, in some certain situations where people have three strikers and they can have a Haaland 
um, Anna Watkins and an Alvarez, yeah, I think they can do it much more because yeah. they don't have to keep out Alvarez. They keep the option value in hand that in come game week 37, there's another injury, maybe to Haaland, maybe to De Bruyne, or maybe Alvarez just gets end up ends up getting more minutes in that double game week 37 because of certain events. Maybe yeah. the title is more in their hand. Maybe Arsenal lose to Newcastle this game week. So I think keeping the option of, if you can have the option of keeping Alvarez or the luxury, then I think it's a much better punt than somebody like me who will have to sell Watkins to get Alvarez or like you or even like worse, you'll have to sell yeah. Isak. Yeah. Who's who you who you want for thirty seven? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you'll have to sell him, and then get somebody else. So you're only getting Isak for a week. Yeah. Okay. So in that yeah. case, basically, where where I land is if Haaland is starting, and if Isak is also starting. Sorry, if Alvarez is also starting, I'm at this stage. I think I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to captain Haaland, and I'm going to have my double. City because I think I can do better with my transfers later because I'm happy with 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 Watkins. If Haaland isn't starting, and if I think that Alvarez is the captain shout that I want to, it'll also, by the way, depend on De Bruyne's fitness. Yesterday, interestingly, when Foden came on, he mm. played in the De Bruyne role. He didn't play on the left or the right because there was still Mares and Grealish playing on the pitch. So you could equally see Foden starting, Alvarez starting, and still have Grealish and Mares. So I think one thing I should caution people is if you get news that Foden starts, Mares starts, it doesn't mean Grealish doesn't start. Mm. If you get news that Alvarez starts, Haaland starts, it doesn't mean KDB is out because Alvarez could play on the right. So just be careful about who you're taking out because it could be that your guy is still starting. Just because the other is starting doesn't mean your guy is not starting. Man, you just uh, dumped a bunch of water into my Alvarez fire there. You make perfect sense, Pros. You make perfect sense, but... Uh, it is a Leeds fixture that's very enticing, you know, and and I need points on the board. I need like these halls to chase these halls. Yeah. So interesting point by Troll in the chat. He's saying, uh, that's his name, by the way. Um, why not sell <laughs> Haaland for Alvarez? Um, the problem is you want Haaland 100% back. So you're you're adding another problem. Unless Haaland is injured or something, you you know, you, that's just a risk that is not worth taking. If you have other injuries leading up to game week 36, 37, you're taking hits to get Haaland back, which I don't think is to, so worth it. So Okay, let's talk about some other city scenarios, Pros. For example, we get news that Foden starts, Mara starts, or KDB starts. What's your thinking there? I mean, first, like I cautioned, it doesn't mean your midfielder is dropped. But let's say you have Grealish or Delia's in the chat. Let's say she has De Bruyne. And so you get a rumor that they are not starting. I think it's worth going for another punt for somebody who's starting. Okay. So I think if, and for me, Foden fits that bill perfectly for a one-week punt if you wanted to go there. If you want the sensible move, let's say the scenario is that Grealish is starting. The guy keeps starting. Um, De Bruyne is not starting for somebody like Adelia who has KDB. Just to KDB to Grealish. I think that's decent because you may use that Grealish spot later in 37 as well. If... Um, if Grealish is also not starting, then I like Foden as well, uh, a lot, as as a big upside Same, punt yeah. that you sell Grealish for a Foden, especially if you're of the mind that you don't want Grealish as your fifth midfielder in game week 37. I think that's a good pick as well. Or even Mares. I mean, if you get news, Mares is starting. We're getting deep into the flow chart now. If Mares <laughs> is starting and Haaland isn't starting, then Mares is on penalties. So that's another thing that goes for Mares. We're all just going to be waiting 10 minutes before the deadline waiting for the city news and 
get super excited uh, once the city news drops. It's going to be hard. I'm having to... massive PTSD here because I've been here. I didn't yeah. even have Harlem. The it's hard to it's hard to restrain like yourself from going. You know, when you have literally the starting lineup for the best team in the league against you know one of the worst sorry leads, it's it's going to be very hard to resist. Um, is is what I want to say? Yeah. Andy Martin says Grealish isn't starting well. If he doesn't, then Grealish, people who have Grealish have a good place to hop off and, and go for somebody who is starting. So Foden or Mahrez, I think Foden is, is due a start. So Grealish to Foden could become a move and it could have the right upside. But the problem I have with the Grealish to Foden move is it's in, it's a transfer in isolation because you will have Foden sitting there then in 36 and you'll be hoping that something happens to that spot in 37. So you'll maybe transfer him back to a, to a Bruno Fernandes or back to a Grealish or something like that. Whereas with a, a, a Watkins to Alvarez move, it's a little bit neater because you're not changing a structure at all because you will make that transfer anyway later because Watkins is going out of your team regardless. Watkins will go to a in Isak or Wilson exactly. in game week 36 anyway. So it's just one transfer. Whereas it, in Foden, it screws up the structure a little bit because you'll have to take out Watkins or whoever your second, third striker is for an Isak and then do the others. But... Every team is different, so all scenarios are are possible. And server crash scenario is also very possible, as Eero mentions. Um, because if it's a news as big as Holland is benched, then people, everybody will be logging in to change their captaincy as well. So you're basically competing with 10 million clicks. <laughs> yep. So that was fun. Um, yeah. What are the scenarios that we wanted to discuss? So no, I think we've discussed... Let's talk... Captaincy. So Holland is not starting. Where where would you go immediately? And we need to have this in our mind. We can't be thinking five minutes into the deadline. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess this is talking about my team, but you know the very conservative play here would be to possibly roll or do a you know very boring keeper transfer. Um, I think Salah is the most sensible one. I know that he hasn't delivered in the last three game weeks, and I don't think Brentford is an easy team. Um, and I do have the likes of Raya possibly starting, so it's not it's not the best combination. But um, I do think Salah is a very sensible team uh, captaincy this week. If I do go Sun instead of Salah, I would definitely captain Sun this game week. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. Nice. Um, and then, you know, Brighton. I don't I don't feel too thrilled about. It could be any one of those uh, attackers that score. Um, and it's not like you know, 6-0 this time, and none of our attackers scored this game week, right? Hopefully it's like a 5-5 today against United Brighton um, and everyone scores. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at with, with the captaincy. Watkins, I would rather go solid than Watkins. Yeah. No, I wouldn't go Watkins. I'm I'm, I'm between Brighton mid, um, Rashford, or, or Salah. Yeah. So, I'm, by the way, I'm normally very high on Salah. I'm just hesitating a little bit because... Klopp gets funny during double game weeks. He randomly rotates people. Like I did not call the Robertson benching at all because mm. I just thought they're you know everything matters in the league right now. But they have this whole red zone thing, and if pe- players are getting tired, then there is no exceptions. So that's just my little worry that you never know if Salah's benched, uh, and and it's very very little. But I just don't feel it. I mean, Mitoma's had his rest. Uh, McAllister has had his rest. Bruno plays every game. So I just feel those could be viable alternatives if you wanted to go there. But um, but yeah, I think Salah is a good shout as well. 
uh, Roberto says Captain Trent. Trent, maybe? Too risky. Trent has been great. I mean, but yeah. yesterday also the clean sheet was fairly lucky. I mean, they were they gave up a lot of chances. Allison was amazing and he, he saved, you know, a lot of goals. But then Trent could have had an assist or, or a goal himself. So it's never bad. But I would have liked the Trent of the previous years where you have both prospects of a good prospect of a clean sheet and good prospect of a return. Right now, it's one or the other. And so that's basically stopping Trent from getting the 12 pointers that he used to get in the past. I feel like Klopp just needs to sign a very good defensive right back and move move Trent to upfield and play him as a you know sort of a inverted uh, midfielder because that's where they found the most success you know and yeah. he's back in that position and obviously they're finding attacking groove again so interested to okay. see what happens in the summer with all the transfers right. Um, so there have been some really good comments in the chat, so I want to read a couple of them out. Matthew Allen says, if KDB is out, so answer to Delia, I think he's made a great shout. Why not just go Bruno Fernandes yeah. if you don't have it? Like, you need to think about the picks you want until the end of the season. And look, I'm, you know, I think you and I both have Bruno and it's, I think it's fantastic what, you know, owning a player that is low owned, who has a double in 36, he plays Wolves at home in 37. He has a double and then Fulham at home in 38. It's as good as it gets. So yeah, I think getting longer term picks and the last most boring answer, uh, which is, I mean, let me find who, who made that comment, which is a good one is uh, Stevie Bryan. Uh, just bench Grealish if he's benched because you want, maybe you want oh, Grealish nice. uh, for 37. So there are lots of boring options as well in your flow chart. They all need to be reflected. Uh, Pros, I think this is a good time to just. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at my phone. And I got a DM this game week, uh, this week, um, game week, this week from uh, FPL Goldfish, um, and his cousin Stephen Yang turns 30 this Friday, and um, he Goldfish messaged me personally and said uh, Stephen has been a big follower of burning questions and you know i guess he tunes in week in and week out um so i said i'll give him a birthday shout out so steven happy birthday wherever you may be in the world happy birthday shout outs now yeah yeah dms uh, we just charge five pounds for everybody <laughs> but I'm he kidding. says uh he finished 300k last year and this year he's at 48k thanks to uh, not us but just like you know tuning into burning questions as well as i'm sure other fpl great fpl content out there so happy birthday steven i uh, just wanted to say that yeah now we're going to get so many birthday uh, DMs. Oh, it's great. It's great. We can yeah. do it. All right. Let's go with bus teams. Yep. So after having talked about the elaborate flow chart, um, I think I'm going to save. Uh, like it, it, The only scenario where I think I'm not saving is if Haaland is benched and Alvarez is starting. So I might get tempted there. But otherwise, I think I think it's a save. Uh, I'll read out the team. So I've got Edison in goal, Estupinian, Trippier, and Trent. Uh, March, Mitoma, Salah, Rashford and Bruno in midfield and then Watkins and Haaland captain I'm still debating between Shaw and Trippier I think I might end up playing Shaw but then I don't really see a lot of upside these days with, with, with Shaw, I mean he's, he's, he's good for bonus but I don't I don't love the fact that he's on fewer set pieces now that Eriksen is also back and, and Bruno takes some as well so he does take some corners and, and a couple of free kicks in certain positions but then Trippier is playing Arsenal and I back Arsenal to score. Last game they played at the Emirates was a nil-nil. So I'm thinking Trippier could also be okay. There's not much in it. So at the moment, my gut just said start Trippier. He could 
spike in assist out of anywhere. But we will see. And then, and then the other thing is West Ham yesterday played a quite a weaker lineup against uh, Man City. I think Rice was benched, um, and a couple of other players were benched. So they obviously have their mind on the the semi final of this Europa Conference League that they're still in, and that's massive for the club if they win that trophy. So could be that West Ham still rotate again. You know, Suchek didn't play, so maybe they will come back, but other players may miss, like Bowen could miss, Antonio could miss. So I'm just thinking maybe it's not a bad shout to play a show. So we'll see. Can you, uh, have you been watching a lot of Shaw play recently or United play? And, and can you just describe how he's been attacking? I mean, he's left center back. I mean, not, yeah. not sometimes he overlaps and gets into the box to cross, but not, not too much. I mean, Malassia is the one who will go forward or Dallow if he plays there who goes forward. So you don't expect much, but he's getting bonus. He's good for underlying bonus, which means if they keep a clean sheet, he's good for bonus. He got two, I think, um, this game week or, or the first game of this game week. So... That's that's him. I mean, he's still, I think, a very good pick going forward because in the news, um, basically, they're talking about Varane coming back from for Wolves or maybe after Wolves. So that means in the double game week, you might actually see, see Shaw playing left back again. So that's not bad if he if he gets that. So, uh, although I still think that Ten Hag prefers the left-footed left centre back, which is why he hesitates to put uh, Maguire there or Lindelof there. So I still think Shaw will get most minutes in centre back. Yeah, I can't tell if this is a if it's a close one or if it's an obvious trip your start, you know. I've been going back and forth on it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So your team, I think you have Isak and we have different attackers and keepers, otherwise it's the same, right? Yeah, same team. I have uh Raya in goal and and Shaw. Um I mean, maybe I could go to Kepa, but I think I'm going to start stick with Raya. I think both get conceded, so I'm hoping Raya gets more, you know, saves. Um so that's the idea here. I was thinking about Raya to Ederson uh, or role as the conservative play, but you know between the two, I think it's more a role for me. Um, and then the Alvarez one, I wasn't really thinking too much about it. Um, but if I knew Alvarez was just going to start, I might have done Isaac to Alvarez. But obviously, Pros just had to, you know. I've not done shut anything, down man. my like, idea of Alvarez. Okay. I want to give you. <laughs> let me give you the Alvarez pitch. Okay, I, yeah. I, basically, I went the other way because everybody was going gung ho on Alvarez. Points per start, when a player starts for City, number one is Haaland, as expected, 8.6. This is also from Scout uh, article by Neil, by the way. Um, number two is Alvarez, 8.1. Number three is KDB at something like 7.2. Then you have, um, you know, Grealish at, in the sixes. Foden's is also, I think, 7 point something. Nobody comes close after Haaland. If Alvarez starts, he gets eight points on average so far. So he's a good pick if he starts. There's no doubt about that. All right, well. Um, but anyways, uh, it's it's not easy for me because if I had Watkins, I think it'd be a little bit easier of a decision than Isak. Even Watkins is not an easy decision, but uh, because in the end, I'm going to want Isak or Wilson in game week 36. So if I knew for sure I wanted Wilson, for example, maybe the decision would be easier, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think, again, we'll we'll be having to tinker in the last minute uh, when the deadline drops, but I'm very, very serious about a possible Salah to Sun move. And if I do do that, I'm definitely going to captain Sun. I do feel confident in him at, in his ability right now. Um, and I don't, I'm not just saying this lightly. I, I'm, I've really started to consider it, Pross. Um, Look, but, you need to determine your exactly. risk appetite. So this is where you don't have uh, to captain him. Mm-hmm. You don't have to captain him. Yeah. 
even the move is risky enough and has high as has high rewards yeah you don't have to double down i mean you could if you really feel it but i'm just saying you don't have to say if i do it i must captain sun because we've said it a few times i just wanted to let you know i mean it's okay no but i feel i feel confident captaining captain him you know like i i do think uh that record against crystal palace I know it's like not a subjective number, but I do think that he's on a roll right now. He's, you know, he's four goals in five, four goals in five games. It's, I do feel confident um, in him getting a goal. So maybe that's the reason why uh, sure. I'm, I'm bullish on him. Fair. But my question here, Pros, is um, with my rank, how big of a differential do I need or how big of a difference do I need to make in order to gain, have a chance in the top 10K? Or is there a way to play this through Salah and 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 just going point little by little? How far? How many points are you off top ten k? That's the way to do it analytically. Do you know? Uh, you can try. get it on live FPL. I think you should be about eighteen twenty points. Okay. So, if you're if you're eighteen twenty points behind, you can make it with a template ish team, but you need to get lucky. Yeah, that the guy you have, which is Bruno, tonight needs to go mad, uh, which is off template. Um, in my case, I needed basically Bruno and Edison to well, do well. Well, City did well yesterday. Edison didn't. So it's basically things like this. This year, even though yes, there is a very strong template, the gains have come on people who went steel instead of Estupinian initially, yeah. or somebody who went uh, March instead of uh, McAllister. McAllister. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's small things like this that have made the difference. So you cannot rely on that to take you into the top 10k. You'll have to do something different. You do that now or you do that in game week 38. That depends on how much of a nitro boost you want. If you do it now, you get that difference for four game weeks. So there's a full clear runway for you to make a difference, but there's also high risk. There's four weeks you're going against Salah. Yeah. Risk reward. Yeah. Nice. I enjoyed that one. Yep. Any questions? Yes, I think, we, I think we should end it. We've had a long, long one already. Yeah. Um, so we can do q in the next one, next week one. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, very surprising numbers because, um, you know, I thought uh, a lot of us were on the beach in terms of FPL. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and we'll be back next week. Um, Bros, any last words? No, thank you very much. Good luck this week. Uh, hold your transfers. Make sure uh, you're delaying it as much as possible, but not enough delaying it because you need to do your transfers before the side crashes. So good luck with all that. Yeah. See you guys.